Hello and welcome to The Doc Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Mike DeLuke, and it's my mission to help you lead a happier, healthier, and more prosperous life, both personally and professionally. Hello and welcome to this edition of The Doc Podcast. I'm happy to have Mr. John Vento back for part 3B of our three-part series on tax information for dentists. Just a quick recap in part 3A, we provided a general overview of the tax and overall financial advantages of retirement savings, including how to figure out what your point X or point at which you can reach financial independence is, the importance of setting up a retirement plan for you and your practice, the difference between traditional and Roth IRAs, and if one is better than the other, how to go about selecting the best retirement plan for your practice, if there are any ways or strategies to catch up on contributions, if you're maybe an older doc who hasn't saved enough for retirement yet. Uh, and we started talking about some of the tax savings and credits that were available for setting up a retirement plan in your practice. In part 3B, which is the second part of our part three discussion. We're going to dive deeper into those tax benefits involved with setting up these plans in your practice, including, as John began to reference at the end of part 3A, the SECURE Act and the SECURE Act 2.0 and its impact or their impact on the implementation of a retirement plan. We'll talk about the dental practice pension startup credit, the employer contribution tax credit, the auto enrollment tax credit, and some of the new rules and regulations regarding auto enrollment in 401k and 403b plans. Before we begin, I want to make it clear that the content of this episode is general information only and is not intended to be specific financial, accounting, or legal advice, nor is it directed towards any one individual or group of individuals. Please consult your own accountant, CPA, and financial advisor for information regarding your specific situation. So with that, I would like to welcome John back to part 3B. And John, why don't we jump in and, and pick up where we left off. Uh, at the end of part 3A, you were starting to go into the SECURE Act 2.0. Uh, as we all know, the rules and regulations surrounding retirement savings are constantly changing. You would reference this law was passed at the end of 2022, uh, late December, I believe it's the 29th of 2022. Um, so can you start by just kind of going into some of those changes and what they involved and whether or not they're going to benefit or in your opinion, benefit or hurt the dental practice owner. Perfect. So yes, just to reiterate, uh, President Biden signed this into law on December 29th, 2022. And that's a very important date because that's the effective date once he signed it into law. And I'm going to be referring back to that date throughout a lot of the slides uh, that I'm looking at right now and a lot of the conversation we're going to be having. Okay. So part of the Secure 2.0 Act, they expanded the Roth opportunities. Okay. Uh, in previous podcasts, I talked about how Roth contributions are allowed within a IRA account, individual retirement arrangement, mm -hmm. and also through 401k plans. They've now expanded this. So Roth opportunities are available in other type of retirement accounts. Okay. That is definitely a big deal. So although these rules uh, take effect January 1st, 2023, these rules actually already started the beginning of the year we're speaking in right now, none of the plan providers, you know, the mutual fund companies out there, the broker dealers, 
they were not able to comply with this law yet okay. because they have to change everything they have to do. So I haven't had one client that was able to take advantage of this yet. Okay. But technically, the law became effective January 1st. And speaking to a lot of the plan providers, uh, like, for example, American Funds, Fidelity, a lot of them said that starting January 1st, 2024, these will now be available. So it's going to okay. be a case by case. So a lot of what I'm talking about, no one's ever implemented yet, but I want each of the listeners, if they fall into this position, to be one of the first to take advantage of all of this new news. Awesome. Thank you. So we'll, of course, stay tuned to see how well that develops, but that's basically the story. Okay. So first thing we're going to talk about is the law now changed and allows simple IRA accounts to also do Roth contributions. That was never allowed before. Okay. In addition to that, uh, an employer contribution was always in uh, pre-tax dollars. They now are going to allow even employer contributions to be Roth contributions. Oh, wow. Okay. That's never been done before. Now, the tricky thing there is the employee has to elect into that. Okay. Otherwise, it won't be a Roth contribution. But here, here's the tricky part to that is let's say the employer puts 5000 into a Roth for you. Mm-hmm. That full 5000 is going to go into the Roth. You still owe taxes on that $5,000. So that's Got where it gets it. a little tricky for okay. people. Yep. In a financial position to take advantage of it, this is going to give you a lot more opportunities now to sock away a lot more money into Roth accounts. And a lot of clients that I work with, you know, it's about 50-50. Half of them love traditional. They want the upfront deduction. Mm-hmm. The other half say, I'm making plenty of money now. I could afford to do the Roth. I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to a tax-free retirement. Plus, if you're a believer, as I am, that tax rates are going to go up significantly in the future. Mm-hmm. That's a really good argument to do a Roth IRA. Mm-hmm. And as we've talked about in the past, the government has been out of control probably over the last 10 years at least in spending some money, so much money raising the debt, the national debt. So eventually I don't see how taxes aren't going up. Mm-hmm. So that's an argument to contribute more money to a Roth. So, as I mentioned, although these rules were effective January 1st of 2023, um, most people will have an opportunity to take advantage of this starting just in a couple of months. But you want to speak to your pension plan provider, your investment advisor, your accountant, make sure they're aware of these rules uh, so that you can put yourself in a position to take advantage of this. Mm-hmm. So the other thing is the catch-up contribution. Okay. Uh, as I mentioned, you could do a catch-up contribution through your 401k plan. Effective January 1st, that contribution is mandated to be treated as a Roth contribution. So again, assuming you were contributing 22500 in 2023, and then you're going to contribute 7500 as a Roth mm-hmm. 401k deferral, that you're going to have to put in as a Roth contribution. You can't do it as a it. pre-tax contribution. Okay. Uh, so that's mandated. They did call that an exception. So if the taxpayer, if the dentist is earning less than 145000 okay. the government's not going to impose that rule on them. They're going to basically say, you don't have to meet that mandate. They're going after high-income earner dentists that are generating 145000 or more, 
And why are they doing that? Well, they're saying, well, we want to catch, capture some tax dollars. So we're going to do that. But we're going to force you to put money into a Roth IRA. Mm -hmm. Personally, I think it's a mistake that they did it mm -hmm. uh, because what they're doing again is collecting tax revenues now that they're not going to collect down the road, the government. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, basically, I can't say everything the government does makes no sense to me, but unfortunately, <laughs> most of it doesn't make uh -huh. sense. But this is a good opportunity because if you're a high income earned dentist, they're now going to force you to do more Roth contributions. Mm -hmm. So for that, I'm going to say thank you to the government. But from a fiscal responsible point of view, mm -hmm. I don't completely agree with the decision they made there. But what am I? Who am I to say that? Right, <laughs> just a taxpayer. Right, right. So now, in addition to that, the Roth contribution has been expanded, as I said, not only to with four hundred one ks, four hundred three bs, even four fifty seven plans if you're a government employee. So the new act now allows these uh, defined contribution plans to provide participants the option. To, to do the match on a Roth basis as well. So that is a big deal. And now we're going to jump into tax credits that are going to be available. And for those listeners that perhaps didn't tune in to one of our earlier podcasts, I just want to start by defining the difference between a tax deduction and a tax credit for a minute. Yeah, just a refresher for us yep, there. Awesome. Thank you. So a tax deduction is a dollar for dollar reduction in your taxable income. Mm -hmm. So if you have a $5,000 tax deduction and you're in a 50% tax bracket, you're gonna save $2,500, mm -hmm. which is great. And we wanna make sure we take advantage of every deduction available. A tax credit on the other hand is a dollar for dollar reduction in the amount of tax you're going to pay. Mm -hmm. So a $5,000 tax credit means your tax bill will be reduced by $5,000 and not just the 2,500. The reason I'm emphasizing this is because the three strategies I'm about to talk to you about, all three of them are tax credits. Mm -hmm. so that's real money that you're gonna get in your pocket. Every penny of it could end up in your pocket. Very valuable tools. Mm -hmm. So under the SECURE Act, they created three credits. One is called the Startup Tax Credit. Mm -hmm. The second is called the Employer Contribution Tax Credit. Mm -hmm. Never had anything like that before. And the third is called the auto enrollment tax credit, three separate credits. Okay. So I'm going to cover each of them uh, so that you, the listeners can have a general idea of what they're all about. Awesome. And again, some of this stuff, just jot down some notes at a bare minimum, maybe not getting all of this, mm -hmm. but bring this question up to your advisor. If they don't know what you're talking about, I think you got a bigger problem, right? So you need to get an advisor mm -hmm. that's on top of the stuff because otherwise you're just leaving money on the table. And I think that's a great point to make too, John. I, I'm so glad you mentioned that because I think sometimes people listen to some of this and some of the content we're going over is more superficial and general terms that that is a little easier to digest depending on someone's financial IQ. But some of this gets pretty deep. And so I think it's great to say to people, hey, look, this is to educate you so you know what questions to ask. So you know what to go to your advisor and say, are you taking advantage of this? Are you doing this? And as you said, if they're not, then there's a sign maybe they're not with the best person or firm. So thank you for bringing that point up. I think that that's really important to, to highlight that. Exactly correct. Yep. All right, great. So if you would, you want to start going through them, you can... Um, get started with the startup tax credit if you'd like and kind of work through them from there. 
Sure. All right. Let's do that. We'll, we'll get started with the uh, startup tax credit. So with the startup tax credit, this again came into effect December 29th, 2022. And basically, this applies to both qualified plans, both defined benefit and defined contribution. So the defined contribution had to do with the cash balance plan we had spoken about previously. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's This credit is also available to those type of plans as well. So the amazing thing about this is that for the first time, well, the first time they did this was in 2019, and they now expanded it. But now you can actually deduct and get a credit, get a deduction for the cost of your plan administration. That would include your plan actuary fees, any money you spend on that. Also, very important to think about this, any money you spend on educating your staff about their retirement plans. Mm. So that's a big game changer as well. And very few people think about this. So what are the expenses of training our staff and educating them on the retirement plan? Well, guess what? You know, you are required to have an annual meeting for your employees where you they sit down and they're basically going to be trained. Here's what your pension options are. Here are your investment choices. If you allocate half a day to do that, to mm-hmm. train your staff, mm-hmm. even if you're not paying your financial advisor to come in and train them, you're still paying your employees. So the uh, time right. you spend paying them, that is part of the startup tax expense because the administrative and educational related expenses. So now the government's going to pay you, reimburse you for doing what you had a fiduciary responsibility to do anyway, which is educate your employees on what retirement plan options are available. And that's so I think, again, to, not to overstate it, but people might say, well, I was already getting, you know, that's their in compensation. It's already a tax deduction. <laughs> yes, but now it's a tax credit. So they're literally reimbursing you. You're not just decreasing it off of your total revenue. Exactly right. Exactly right. So with the SECURE Act, basically 100% of your qualified startup, startup costs and also maintenance costs are going to be tax deductible, but you have an option of getting a tax credit for them as well, which is worth twice as much. So in order to qualify for this, this has to be, a, if this is the first time you're setting up a retirement plan for your practice, uh, you will automatically qualify for this because startup plans all qualify. What a lot of people don't realize is let's assume you do have a retirement plan now in your practice mm-hmm. and you have very little participation. In other words, you have 10 employees and you and three other people are participating, mm-hmm. but the majority of staff is not participating mm-hmm. simply because they don't want to defer money. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you alter your plan and include something like a safe harbor provision where now everyone gets paid a certain amount of money, whether they contribute their own money or not, mm-hmm. uh, you now could also get this tax credit, the startup tax credit. So that would be like so, saying they contribute, you're going to contribute 4% on behalf of everybody or 3% and then, you know, of, of X amount and then half a percent, how, kind of how those ratios work. But you make that decision for the practice to make that contribution. So now everybody's technically contributing. Is that what you mean by the safe harbor? Exactly. So safe harbor provision basically says that you as the employer for all qualified employees, you're going to contribute some money for them. Mm -hmm. That's part of the benefits that you're paying them, uh, which is 
critically important that you do that as an employer. A lot of employees don't want to do it, mm-hmm. but after you hear this presentation, you're going to want to do it. Mm-hmm. So number number one, <laughs> number one, why would you want to contribute to the employee's future? Well, the reason is it's another benefit you're giving them. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure all the dentists I speak to, the biggest complaint every dentist has right now, and you and I have talked about this, the hardest thing mm-hmm. is to find good qualified people to work for you. And then when you find them, very often they leave. Well, if you care about them enough that you're going to put money into a retirement plan for them, that is yet another reason for them to stick around. So it's also going to help with employee retention. So a safe harbor provision where you're contributing money to their 401k or profit sharing for them, Mm -hmm. yes, it's going to cost you some money, but it'll improve your practice and will because it's going to allow you hopefully to retain your quality employees. And then in addition to that, you're going to get these special tax credits. So very, very valuable uh, tool we're talking about. So with the startup credit question is uh, who is an eligible employer? Well, it's pretty much, there's three requirements. One is you have to have under a hundred employees. If you're a large practice with a hundred or more employees, credit's not available to you. Uh, so that's rule number one. And majority of practices I work with, I'm only have a handful that are that big that are over 100. Majority of dental practices that are self-owned, they're going to qualify for this under that provision. Mm-hmm. Now, you have to have what's called non-highly compensated employees. So if you are the only employee and another dentist and you're both all making over 100, let's call it 150,000 a year, mm-hmm. it doesn't apply to the highly compensated employees. This credit applies to the, the to everyone else, basically your admin team, your part-timers, th- things of that nature. Again, valuable too. You're allowed to take this credit for three years in a row. It's not just a one-time thing. So it's a three-year credit, year one, year two, and then year three. Uh, again, a valuable credit. So giving you an example here. So let's assume you have highly compensated employee. Let me, let me define what that means, by the way. Mm-hmm. So if you have an owner in a practice that owns more than 5% of the practice, mm-hmm. regardless of what their salary is, they're going to be considered highly compensated. Okay. And this credit doesn't apply to them. Okay. The other definition of highly compensated in 2022, if someone earned 135000 or more, they are highly compensated. Credit only applies to individuals that made less than that. In 2023, because of inflation, they bumped that number up to 150,000. But again, very valuable tool, but you're only going to get it for the uh, employees that are making less than what the definition of highly compensated is. Mm -hmm. Again, valuable tool, uh, definitely would recommend taking advantage of it. The other thing that they did, and I already mentioned that doesn't only cost, cover your administrative costs, but the costs associated with educating your employees. So every year you're paying a planet an actuary, let's call it four or five thousand a year. Yep. We already know because under the old law and the new law, you're still going to save that 3.8% Medicare tax going forward. Mm-hmm. That already covered your cost. That's my opinion under an S Corp. Mm-hmm. But now you're going to also get reimbursed for these uh, for this cost as well okay. through this startup credit. If you have 
Under 50 employees, you get 100% of the credit amount. If you have between 51 and 100, it's prorated this credit. Mm-hmm. If you have over 100, that number turns into zero. Okay. Maximum credit you're allowed to obtain per year is 5000 per year. Okay. So we could be talking about $15,000 in tax credits. And again, tax credit is after tax money you're getting back. Mm-hmm. So the way the formula works is it's $250 times the number of non-highly compensated employees you have. Okay. If you have only one uh, employee that's considered non-highly compensated, you still get a $500 credit. So at a minimum, you'll get $500 a year if you're a practice that only employs one other person other than yourself. Mm-hmm. I think this is you know, very valuable credit. Uh, we're talking about $15,000. And if you're in a position to take advantage of it, I think every dentist needs to take advantage of it. Uh, would you like to give me an example of uh, how that could work? Yeah, that would be great. It's a lot of information there. If you maybe just walk walk us through what that would look like in sort of in a practice, that'd be great. Okay. So let's assume you're a dental practice and you have not 19 non-highly compensated employees. Okay. The question is, what is the maximum credit you could receive? Well, you're going to take $250 per employee times 19. Mm-hmm. You'll get $4,750 tax credit. Okay. It's really as simple as that. If you're if you have over 51 employees, 51 or more, that's going to get prorated. So in order for you to get that full five thousand dollar credit, mm-hmm. you're going to have to spend ten thousand dollars or more in order to get that full credit. So if okay. you spend ten thousand or more in administrative and educational expenses each of those years, mm-hmm. and you're a larger dental practice, you can still get that five thousand dollars per year but it's based on 50% of what you spent as opposed to 100%. So this literally is a full reimbursement of the expenses associated with starting up these plants. And is that something, is it, they have to go through a special process to apply for that? Is it automatic? How does that work? Right. Well, your accountant, and hopefully you're working with the dental CPA who's familiar with all these things, they're going to have to file with your income tax return. If you're corporate, be a corporate return. Mm-hmm. If you're sole proprietor, it'll be your personal return because that's where you report your income. Yep. They're going to have to file a tax form called 8881. So that's okay. 8881. The title of that form is Credit for Small Employer Pension Plan Startup Costs. Then that's filling that out for you. Again, you're leaving money on the table. Great. Thank you. Uh, Want to go to the employer contribution tax credit now? Um, kind of talk a little bit about that one. Yep, absolutely. And this one really gets me excited because they've never done this before. <laughs> doesn't take much to get me excited, I guess. <laughs> it's funny, the things but, we, in, the, in the dental world or the orthodontic arena, we get this passion about teeth and all that. It's fun to see someone in their profession get excited about that side of it uh, as well. I'm sure the teeth side to you is like, really? And <laughs> a lot of times to the to the dental world, the accountant side is like, really? But it's, it's great. I and mean, that's why we both do what we do. So. Yep, absolutely. So what this credit says is some of the money that you put into your employee's retirement plan. Remember earlier I said, set up a safe harbor 401k so that mm-hmm. you'll be putting money into the plan for the employee. Yep. What if I tell you now that this credit is going to subsidize you for putting money into your employee's plan? Wow. 
that's a game changer. That's yeah. really a big deal. That's never been done before. So powerful tool. I mean, I'm sure that's something that most dentists that are no longer in practice, they they could only dream that the government is actually funding yeah. the contributions they're making towards your employees. It's huge. Big wow. deal. Yeah. Now, the good news is they're doing it, but they're not going to do an unlimited amount. But this is real money we're talking about. Mm -hmm. So under the Securities Act, again, uh, any defined contribution plans. And by the way, it doesn't apply to defined benefit plans like the okay. cash balance plan. Yep. This is only defined contribution plans. Okay. Is in order to get the employer contribution tax credit, uh, you have to be able to give the employees an option to put money into the plan for themselves okay. as well. So the eligibility requirements for this are identical to the startup credit. So okay. if you qualify for the startup credit, you're also going to qualify for this. Great. They kept that simple. It's the same rules to qualify. So here's where it gets really great. The credit is a maximum of $1,000 per eligible employee for a five-year period. Wow. That is big. Yeah. So you may have employees that you're contributing, say, 3%. Yeah, you giving say, them yeah. whether yep. they contribute or not. Yep. You're really not contributing that money now. Right. The government's giving you money back up to the first thousand dollars right it's a no-brainer yeah you have to if you don't have a plan like this in place right now you really want to do it you know not right. only for your tax savings not only to get you to point x much quicker but the government for a five-year period is going to subsidize up to a thousand dollars per employee and just to put in perspective quick math here so if someone's making 40 grand you know, the 1% is 400, 3% is 1,200. They're almost covering an entire 3% for a $40,000 employee, right? Absolutely. So some employers shy away from setting up these plans because they don't want to pay all the administrative costs. Well, guess what? I already told you they don't exist anymore because they're getting subsidized yep. through the uh, Medicare tax elimination and avoidance yep. and also the credits I already talked to you about. But in addition to that, employers sometimes say, I wouldn't mind paying that administrative fees, but I don't want to put away $10,000 and give that to my employees. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? They don't have to do it now, right? right? Because the government is going to subsidize the money you're putting into it. Wow. And I see you smiling. I see your wheels going right now. You're thinking <laughs> about how are you going to take advantage of this, right? <laughs> you know me, yeah. <laughs> so... This is very powerful. Now, one of the catches is that the credit does not apply to employees who are earning $100,000 or more per year. Okay. And you ask, why did they do that? Well, who they're really looking out for, the government's looking out for the little guy, you know, your, your uh, front desk receptionist, uh, maybe a hygienist who's working part-time and not making, you know, 100000 a year. Mm -hmm. So they're basically trying to make sure that those people end up getting money saved for their retirement. Yep. And it's sad, it's a sad reality, but in, in this country, by the time it's time for people to retire, a very small fraction of people are in a position to retire because they just don't do it, especially mm -hmm. those uh, lower uh, income individuals. Yep. They're living paycheck by paycheck, and as much as they'd love to put some money away into a retirement plan, they just can't because that right. can mean they're not paying the rent, they're not put, turning the lights on, uh, you know, to light the house, 
So this is a great rule because the government is, again, stepping in and motivating you and I as employers to do this mm-hmm. and also paying part of the bill as well. Yeah. So it's uh, one of those tax laws I love, not just because what it does for the employer, but what it's also doing for employees. Yeah. You know, we got we got to care about our employees because if we don't, uh, it's not going to end good for them, right? And uh, if you think about it, speaking for myself, I spend more time Monday through Friday with my employees than I do at home with my uh, my wife sure. and kids. Yeah. Well, I make an exception now. My son works with me, so I spend <laughs> just as well. <laughs> All right. So again, huge credit. Uh, the credit works as follows. If you have 50 or fewer employees, which the vast majority of dental practices do, yep. you can get 100% of this credit, uh, which is terrific. And then if you're if you have more than that, it does it does eventually get phased out. Okay. But let me give you uh, an example of how this would work. So let's assume you have fifty or fewer employees, and let's assume each of those employees uh, ended up you ended up putting a thousand dollars into an account for them. Uh, that thousand dollars for those fifty employees in year one. Mm-hmm. So it's, a, it's an amazing number. Take a thousand times fifty employees, assuming you put away fifty thousand in a safe harbor for them. Mm-hmm. Your tax credit is going to be fifty thousand wow. dollars. The government is paying that full fifty thousand wow. dollars. It's, it's tremendous. It's a big deal. Yeah, and you could actually do this over a five-year period. In year one, they look at a hundred percent of what you contributed, maximum thousand per employee. Mm-hmm. Year two, they look at everything you contributed, 100%, maximum $1,000 that give you a credit. Year three, they look at everything you gave, but only count 75% of it. Mm-hmm. So if you gave somebody more than 1000 you're still going to get that full $1,000 mm-hmm. credit. Year four, it's 50%. Year five, it's 25%. Okay. So that's yet more of a motivation where in year three, four, and five, you may want to give your employees even more because the government's going to end up subsidizing the contributions. Yep. So in theory, your practice could end up getting 50000 times five years, $250,000 as a credit wow. that's coming back to you in your pocket. And at the same time, you're doing something amazing for your employees. Yeah. And you put a smile on their face because once they see their retirement statements and they never thought they had money saved for retirement. To me, this is exciting. And this is why I say I'm getting, I'm getting excited about this one. Yeah. Oh, you can see why. For yep. Win-win yeah. for everybody. The only yeah. one that's not a win-win for is the federal government because this is just going to be more spending that they're doing. Yep. But in this case, I happen to like the way they're doing it. I'm going to run, run you through another example. Uh, and I'm going to give you a more realistic example. Most dental practices uh, as you know, don't have 50 employees. So let's use an example where there are 15 employees in a practice. Great. And uh, basically, you have one owner making 100000 per year. Okay. So how would those numbers work out here? Uh, basically, what we're looking at is the following. In 2023, if you have 15 employees that qualify mm-hmm. and you contribute $1,000 or more Towards their retirement account, okay. you'll be able to get a thousand dollars times fifteen employees for a total of fifteen thousand dollars. Okay, 
In 2024, same facts, 100% of that 1,000, 1,000 times 15 is $15,000. Assuming that you're only going to give the employees $1,000 each yep. towards their retirement plan, in 2025, that's year three, 15000 you contributed, but you're only going to get a credit for 75% of that, mm -hmm. which is 11250 2026, the credit amount goes down to 50%. So though you contributed 15,000, you're going to end up with a 7,000, um, 2026, you'd end up with a $7,500 credit. Mm -hmm. 2027, it goes down to 25%. The credit is 3,750. In the example I'm giving you, you're just limiting what you're going to give them to no more than a thousand dollars. Okay. Yep. But again, gave them more than a thousand, you could technically still get a thousand dollars per employee. Okay. 2028, that credit disappears; it's not available anymore. Okay. So at least for those five years, you want to take full advantage of this. Okay. Great. All right. Thank you. Um, and then I think the third one was the auto enrollment tax credit, right? So maybe we can just go into that one as the kind of the final final part of, of this this part of the podcast and just going a little more of how it's calculated to um, does it apply to only to new plans, pre-existing plans, and maybe give a little more detail on that if you could. Perfect. All right. So I'm going to jump right into the uh, auto enrollment tax credit. Mm -hmm. There's also another brand new tax credit. The reason the government uh, decided to do this is because most employees do not opt in to go into a plan. Okay. So very often you start a 401k plan at a company and the employer, his wife, and maybe two or three of the, let's call it the more sophisticated employees or the more financially savvy employees, they'll participate. Mm -hmm. You may have 10 other employees. They don't even bother filling out the paperwork. They don't yep. participate. Yep. So what Sad the government's truth. trying to do That's is- Definitely what happens. Happens all the time. Yep. So what the government's doing is now they're, reversing this on them. They're saying, if you take no action, you're automatically going to go into the plan. And if you don't want to be in the plan, you have to fill out paperwork oh, to wow. get yourself out of Okay. <laughs> so, and again, I like that idea. It's yeah. they're forcing the hand of the employee so that they can be financially responsible so that one day mm -hmm. they're going to have money set aside for the retirement. Mm -hmm. So I, I like that. I usually don't like it when the government sort of forces you to do something. So they're making you do it, but you could always opt out if you want to. Okay. So with this credit, I'm not getting it as excited, but it's a $500 tax credit per year over a three-year period. Okay. So you could end up getting about $1,500 in total back related to that. And all you have to do is allow your employees to opt into it. So if you were in practice Prior to December 29th, 2022, mm -hmm. you're grandfathered into the old rules, which means you're not mandated to do this. Okay. But any practice that went into effect in uh, after December 29th, 2022, by 2025, it's going to be mandated. Every plan has to, every new plan has to be set up with auto enrollment where the employee okay. has to elect out if they don't want to do it. So, you know, we are not encouraging every employer to do this if they're not required to, because some of them may be forced to make contributions. Mm -hmm. But again, qualify for the contribution credit. I think it's something you have to re, you know, rethink here. Mm -hmm. So definitely a valuable credit. 
but not quite as exciting as the uh, contribution credit I spoke to you about uh, earlier. So auto enrollment will apply to 401k plans and 403b. 401k are for for-profit dental practices. If you're working for a hospital, uh, their plans are called 403b plans. They're going to be uh, under the same type of uh, guidelines here as well. So think it's a great concept. Uh, it's yet another way to save some extra money, get some extra money in your pocket, and sort of push the hand of your employees. If you're not mandated to do it because your plan was in existence before uh, the beginning of this year, before December 29th, Mm -hmm. You really need to study what the cost of doing it will be to your practice. Mm -hmm. If it makes sense, then just do it. At least have that be your policy for the five-year period where the contribution credit exists. So a couple other things. The government did make a few exceptions to this, even if you set up a new plan. Mm -hmm. You have 10 or fewer employees and you just went into practice for yourself and you just set up a pension plan, mm -hmm. you're not mandated to do the auto enrollment as okay. long as you have 10 fewer employees. They're just trying to give small businesses a little less of a burden and headache there. Mm -hmm. This doesn't apply to simple IRAs. It only applies to 401ks and 403bs. Okay. Simple plans are exempt from this requirement. Okay. And the last one is uh, if you're in practice for less than three years, brand new startup practice, they're not going to impose this requirement. They have to automatically enroll your employees. Other than that, churches and government institutions are also exempt from this as well. So again, not exactly $50,000 a year like the contribution credit, but the way I look at it is that there's another $1,500 on the table there yeah. that I could get for you or any client. I'm going to squeeze that money out and make sure I put you in a position to take advantage of that. Right. So, you know, I want to end this segment by simply saying, if you're not getting this type of retirement planning advice from your financial advisor who is in charge of your retirement plan, if you're not getting this advice from your CPA, your dental CPA, mm -hmm. then what I would strongly recommend is that you allow me to take a look at your situation. Uh, as part of the benefits of being one of the listeners here on your podcast uh, if you are interested in having me evaluate your pension plan that's set up through your practice, mm -hmm. I'll be happy to set you up free of charge with one of my pension plan specialists. Oh, awesome. They'll analyze your situation. And if we come up with a, a plan that makes more sense than what you're doing and sh also show you how you could potentially qualify for one or more of these credits, I'll be happy to do that for your, for your listeners as well. Oh, I appreciate well. that, John. That's awesome. Thank you. Great. Yeah, thanks so much. And uh, I didn't know you were going to offer that. So I, I greatly appreciate you doing that for our listeners and viewers to uh, analyze their current retirement situation and and see if you could help them in any way. So thanks so much for doing that for them um, and just for taking the time to to go through this series, uh, you know, three-part series that we split two up, uh, two of the podcasts, parts two and three up into parts A and B. So five podcast episodes. I mean, you've just given so much of your time. You're such an expert in this arena. Uh, you provided the doc audience with just really invaluable information. Um, so valuable what you've been able to share and just information that's really going to help people and help save them time, stress, and money, uh, allow them to minimize their tax burden, 
keep more of their hard-earned dollars, which is really what it's all about. And as we said, as we were talking in this episode, help people and and help them be in a position. Uh, the emotional side of this is so important. And again, it does come down to numbers, but those numbers play such a role in our emotions, especially as we age and we look at what we've worked for. Uh, for those young docs out there, you've heard us say time and time again, get started saving, get started investing, take advantage of these things that John has talked about uh, for those middle age and middle career and later docs ramp it up, make sure you're taking advantage of every advantage you can from a tax standpoint. Obviously now with the Secure Act and Secure Act 2.0, you have some additional advantages out there. There's really no reason not to be maximizing uh, your retirement savings at this time. So, And I've also uh, heard from many friends and colleagues, John, who have listened to previous episodes. I haven't even told you this. Uh, and they've told me numerous people how much they've enjoyed listening, how much they've learned. It's helped friends and family members. Even some of those who aren't in the dental arena have reached out to me. Friends, and family members who follow the podcast, watch the show, and they're like, this has been so great. I've learned so much. I realized I wasn't talking with the right person. I didn't have the right accountant. Um, and, and it's helped spur them to uh, to make better decisions. So it's really, it's helping people. And they've been sharing the show with others. And they've been telling me they shared it with their friends or their friend groups that they're in or their study groups. Um, and so that expands the number of people that we can reach and help. And really, that's my goal with this whole platform is to provide ways to help people uh, live more prosperous lives and and succeed. So thanks so much. I can't thank you enough for for being such a big part of that. And it's been an honor and pleasure uh, to uh, to have you on the show and, and uh, be able to get this information out to our community. So thanks so much. Great. And it's been my, my pleasure as well. And I, I thank you for giving me the opportunity to come out here and speak to everybody. It, uh, I, I really enjoyed this. I, I really did. Thank you yeah. so much. You're welcome. Thank you. It's been great. So all right. Take care. All right, bye. Thanks. Thank you for watching this episode of the Doc Podcast. Be sure to visit theorthocoach.com to get access to ADA SERP recognized CE courses or to schedule a private one-on-one -on -one coaching session with me. And remember to join the Doc community on Facebook for more great content designed to help you succeed both personally and professionally. Just go to Facebook, search for the Doc community and request admission into the group. You can also find Doc on Instagram at at theorthocoach. And always remember, you have been blessed with the ability to do amazing things.